0: Alright, camera's on. We're rolling, brother. Indeed. What's up, Jordan? It's been a, it's been a long time.
1: It has been, been trying man. We've been get this together forever. We have been since about shit. Honestly, like since before COVID, I feel like we've been trying to get this podcast together. So it's finally good to have it happen and really uh, dive into the uh, bizarre world of our fucking conversations that we have.
0: Yeah, whatever, <laughs> And we're going to be wide open tonight. I don't care what we talk about. I mean, normally, somebody like you, we talk about nothing but music or whatever, but... It's like you said. It's a weird time right now. So I am far about
1: beyond just music, so talk I'm about down anything
0: there. and everything. But music will definitely be a part of. it, for Sure. Yes. Yeah, let's.
1: Hope. Oh yeah, definitely. Let's. Uh, let's start with that. Then is there, uh, is there First anything? First, let me start
0: because I haven't had anything to drink yet. So, well, I've had something to drink before I got here. Just left Kite uh, Hill Brewing Company out in Clemson, which is fantastic. I know you don't drink beer, but no. if you have any beer, drinker friends, I would highly recommend. What are you doing?
1: Oh, Hiding this. the logo for product placement. Ah, uh, dude. I don't, I don't this <laughs> so we don't anyway. get so copyrighted. They, they can't take any money from me. They can't be
0: shipping. Me. I put copyrighted music on, on there all the time. And it all it does, you know, YouTube would just tell me, hey, we think we've got a copyright claim here. You can't monetize this podcast. I mean, that's all it does. And that's
2: on, all
1: it does. It lets
0: me keep the music on there.
1: So okay. Well, that's really yeah, cool. Shout out to YouTube because I remember back in the day, now, they there have been, they take I, your been video 190 down.
0: shows. This is my yeah. 191st show, I think. So, there has been two times, I believe, it must have just been a bigger artist or something that yeah. they made me change the music. So, I'm sitting there dancing to whatever music I use, and it made me change it to whatever Amazon yeah. decided they wanted me to use. So, something else. it's way off from what I was doing. You know, huh.
3: but Good old I think only two
0: times they've done that.
3: Where it will. Hopefully
4: so yeah, so this is,
0: I'm drinking a, i am drinking a uh I like to put these on the screen to show people what I'm drinking. Real quick. Hell yeah, dude. I'm drinking a uh, a Sweetwater Hazy IPA from Sweetwater Brewing Company out of Atlanta, Georgia.
4: Yeah, After I was about to tonight. say, uh Sweetwater, that's, I'm pretty sure that's like
3: within the
1: area. I thought it was in a, I thought it was South Carolina, but I didn't know it was Atlanta. Sweetwater? Yeah. Yeah, it's Atlanta. Nice. I mean, it's nice. all over the uh, country, South but Carolina. that's but yeah, but that's where it's based. Based out of Atlanta. Yeah. What
0: the hell are you drinking over
1: there? Hot tea and honey with a little bit of Jack Daniels in it. Oh, I was going to say a little bit of Jack Daniels. How <laughs> much a little
0: bit? Oh yeah, just a little bit. That's a big glass.
1: <laughs> it's funny though. Like I've never realized. I mean, I don't have a drinking problem. Okay. I don't, okay, that's, that's I mean, no that
2: right, that but do, yeah. a
1: great start off, but yeah. I do, I can consume a lot of alcohol comparative to my size because yeah. there's been times I've never really noticed like that we will like we'll drink straight out of the bottle and people will look like concerned almost or like they're like, you know, like on stage or
0: something yeah, yeah or
1: like or even if we're just like hanging out having people over or some shit we don't people like want to take a shot i'm like why you just swig out the bottle they're right like, what that's those hipsters
0: we were talking about earlier that's exactly <laughs> right we're talking about
1: they're uh, you gotta have the
0: fancy glasses and the, uh-huh. the shots and all that. this is a
1: football mug there you go <laughs> my fucking my girlfriend got me this for christmas and uh it's just an extremely, I guess she liked it because it was so big, but she knows I love drinking tea, so like the, the bigger the glass I can have for more tea, the better it is. What okay. kind? You said it was green tea? Uh, no, it's um, it's the Twinnings brand of their lemon and ginger, Okay. which is like yeah, perfect. Ginger, yeah, it's yeah. really great. It's hmm. perfect. It's almost like, it's essentially, what I'm essentially drinking is a hot toddy. Yeah. Essentially, because there's honey in there. Got the lemon, got the ginger, and then the, the and that's the
0: thing. You know, I messaged you before I got over here and asked you if you wanted me to, if you drank, because I, I didn't even think you drank, because I, I always remembered when you came into Homegrown that um, you never drank anything that I can remember, even when you played.
1: That's because y'all didn't sell liquor. I think well, I had I, a glass of that, yeah. wine. I think I had a glass of wine one time. Okay. But yeah, I yeah. But when definitely... you told me
0: you didn't drink beer, I said okay. It was the beer boy, so that makes sense. But, yeah, yeah. So, but even you know the couple times that I saw you play, which was normally either at Homegrown or up at Coastal at Coffee because I never came out to the to the clubs. So you probably weren't drinking at Coastal Coffee either. But
1: yeah, that's what i am so And I didn't I,
0: realize you drank. But
1: yeah, I um, oh, and like I said, I really don't uh drink too too often. Like I don't drink every day. I might drink. It honestly depends there's times where i'll go like a a week or like two or three weeks without drinking anything and then sometimes i'll get drunk like two weekends in a row or something like that it really just depends i've noticed a lot um i'm definitely more of a social drinker definitely like if there's if there's um if there's a happening scene going on or if it's like at a big show and i got done playing and show's going well, then I'll normally have a few more drinks than what I'd normally do after a show. But before, right. while I'm playing, I usually only have about a, a drink or two, sometimes three, but really only one or two. Really, usually I get two because two is enough to keep the like my throat warmed up with the alcohol. Because I always have water and shit on stage, but yeah. the whiskey helps just kind of keep that throat was, loose.
0: Was it Van Halen that was a big Jack, Jack drinker on stage? A lot or? of them, yeah. Uh, Motley
1: Crew. I, mean, I remember crew. seeing Joe Michael yeah. Michael Anthony drink yeah. a lot of it. You know, it's funny you say that. They put sweet tea in those motherfuckers. That's oh, not right, right. Jack Daniels they're drinking, no. Motley Crue actually had Jack Daniels in theirs. So there's a video on YouTube from them on tour. I guess it's the Girls, Girls, Girls tour. It's from like 87 or 88, and they're uh having like a drinking contest. And Vince Neal cracks open a bottle of Jack and like Drink, takes a gulp and then Nikki Six like falls out on stage and then he like revives him with the Jack Daniels and then they give it to Tommy Lee and Tommy Lee's like got it tilted yeah, up yeah. and he's still playing the drums and oh, everything yeah. and it's fucking amazing and yeah, it's like how it's just crazy to think about like how they were still able to function after chugging pretty much an entire bottle of Jack Daniels within about a five minute period yeah could still. I guess it was the 80s, though. They were built for it, huh? I
0: guess so. Uh, different metabolism, different diets, I
3: guess. I don't know.
1: Speaking of
0: diets, I had one question I had to ask you. I got a couple questions. Yeah. That some of the fans out there wanted to know, and I, I just looked over and saw the five guys had here. So I know Paul Pietrofessler of the Paul Stone Project. I fucking love Paul Stone. Wanted to know. If you like Five Guys fries or Chick fil A fries better, and I think they're two totally different things. I don't even they know. They are two you know, totally different. One's a waffle different. fry, and they, one's a the regular
4: fry. They are like two totally. You amazing. want to know
0: what your favorite was between those two? I guess.
1: Um. Well, we're all over the place already. I'm a. i am I know, right? And it's it's all what's great is that you'll notice <laughs> these subjects will segue in and out. Uh, the way that I conversate is almost like that of a Quentin Tarantino movie. There is no linear conversation It all. Comes back in and forth in a cycle almost. I like it. But uh, I personally would have to say now and this is no no home team bias or anything like that but I personally do enjoy Five Guys fries more than the Chick-fil-A fries simply because I'm making them. motherfucking Five Guys fries. Okay. <laughs> so they're always going to be good. Yeah. It depends on what time you go to Five Guys if Someone doesn't know how to properly make the Five Guys fry. It's gonna be a terrible. Fight okay, so fry. not the time. So it depends. Of, the it it depends. Yeah, it's good. more often because they're than always not,
0: fresh, right? Five Guys. Yeah, yeah they're, they're always fresh,
1: yeah. but they it just some people don't. You think it'd be easy to cook French fries, but as Thomas Paine once said, "Common sense is not so common." So yeah. you can't put it past everybody to know how to cook the French fries.
3: Right.
1: But I definitely will say Five Guys. Okay. Over yeah. Chick fil A.
3: <laughs> I
0: would probably have to agree with you. Five Guys. Yes.
1: Super expensive, but totally worth it. Yeah. Totally worth it. And they're open on Sundays. You know? That's right. And Chick fil A really <laughs> is, uh, with the way we're going in the world in such a, a heathen society, you know, Chick fil A is really missing out on that business day of Sunday.
0: Yeah, I, I heard something <laughs> one day that. They lose like a billion dollars every Sunday or something, just just not being open on Sundays. Yeah. But then somebody was explaining to me or trying to explain to me, well,
1: they make so much. Everybody knows money. that
0: they're not open on Sundays, so they get a lot of business on Saturdays. Yeah. And Mondays uh-huh, because they know, so they get extra on yeah. either side of that to maybe make up for it. But still, if they would just open up seven fucking days a week, man, it'd be bankrupt. It'd
1: almost be strange to think about going to Chick Fil A on a Sunday.
0: Oh, I, I've been waiting for the day it's going to happen. <laughs> It's gonna happen. Hell
1: position. yeah, dude! It's or awesome. they're gonna go out of business one or two, but I know, right? It's all <laughs> they're they uh, the lifestyle necessarily that they adhere to or promote is almost kind of falling out of favor.
0: Yeah. My older son worked for him in you know, Flagstaff, Arizona, when he was going to college up
1: there. Oh, really? My he girlfriend worked for, worked for Chick-fil-A forever. She worked all throughout high school. She worked at Chick-fil-A. Yeah.
0: He did, he did it for quite a while, but then he, he just got... He couldn't take it. You know, the, the meetings too, that right. they would have and the prayers and all this stuff, he just went into it. So yeah, had, had to duck out.
4: Understandable. Yeah, <coughs> some,
0: Mexican, some Mexican restaurant. But,
4: <laughs> but, yeah. So
0: we totally got sidetracked. I think yeah, we were we going to start off...
1: We were, well, we were about to start talking about music. Yeah, but... Then we, we went down a rabbit hole, and we went somewhere that we didn't know we were going to go. That's good. We got some good information that. about French fries. I know, right? <laughs> who would have who known that uh, your musician is a French fry connoisseur? Right. Do you mind if I spark this? No, go ahead. Sweet, We smoke sweet.
0: cigarettes all day long on the show, man. Okay.
1: Left-handed cigarettes? That's right. Yeah, you know, sure. Uh-huh. Trevor, so what do you want to ask me about these
0: because I want you to ask me a
5: question.
0: Oh, I'm going to ask you a question, yeah. So, I guess the first thing I would want to know is, you know, I've seen a bunch of your Facebook posts and Instagrams and stuff. You weren't, you were kind of a nerdy kid, it seems like, right? I yeah. mean, is that fair to say? That's fairly fair to say. <laughs> I mean, it seems like uh, you were maybe um, playing a trumpet or something in
1: school or... Yeah, I was, or a, something. I was playing fucking... I mean, I'm just taking a guess. Well, I played a... I only did it for one year. In middle school, I played trombone, but okay. I hated it. I, I love so the sound. I loved the sound in it. Mm-hmm. But in when I was in, when I was in middle school, I was like four foot nine, so the trombone was about as big as I was. Yeah. And it got. Uh, I didn't have the best musical instructor either. And I really feel like the what grade was this? For? This was a uh, sixth grade. Okay. And I feel like the. Now you were,
0: I'm sorry, I'm interrupting, but no, you're
1: good. Did you get, did you choose to be in band or is this something you had to do? I chose to be okay, in band. Okay, so you chose. But um, I I really feel like the, uh, the, the relationship I have with the instructor, we kind of fell out of favor with each other. And I, and I really feel like it, it ruined the entire experience for me so much so that I dropped band class. Yeah. Like, halfway through the year, I was like, fuck this shit. Just that and then first I, year. Yeah, just yeah. that first year. But I loved playing the trombone. But I just didn't, like... I wanted to be just able to play, you know? And we had to do all these scales and all this these warm-ups. And I didn't mind the warm-ups or whatever, but I, I really just wanted to be able to play the instrument, figure out the instrument so I could learn it. And that... That's not yeah. how it works in band class. So yeah, but at this point, out. you got to realize
0: that, that there was a rhyme and reason to it, right? Or yeah, exactly. Of reason?
1: course, yeah, because yeah. it's all—it's like it's like the theory of it, us You have to learn the theory of it in order to truly understand the instrument, because then you can apply the theory to the instrument and you can do more with it. But right? yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty, isn't it? It is. <laughs> but I enjoyed. I uh, I liked it when I was in it. I like playing at the concerts. I really like playing the concerts because I've always loved performing for people and I've always enjoyed just being able to play music in front of people or, or whatever, whether it be just singing or, or playing an instrument with it. It's just entertaining crowds. has always been a specialty of mine in and in a very just, it almost feels like I'm at home when I'm being able to perform. It's very nice. It's very nice. Mm-hmm.
5: Hmm.
0: So let's go from there. So what happened after after the trombone almost quitting incident? Where'd you go from there? I didn't do anything.
1: It's the first time I've ever said this, and I've never really. It was so funny because I've been thinking about what I was going to talk about on here, like in, in terms, because I knew music was going to be a big thing. So I wanted to see like how I could kind of express my musical journey to the listener, to the listener. But I never really realized how much of an influence my brother was on me with music. Because my brother played the guitar.
0: Keep talking. I'm going to move this camera just a little bit.
1: You're good. My brother played the guitar when he was in 6th grade, 7th grade, 8th grade. Like, all throughout middle school, he played the guitar. And begged my mother to buy him an instrument this this jimmy hendrix white stratocaster and my mom bought it for his birthday and it was an amazing stratocaster it was so it was like the white woods like what jimmy had played at woodstock yeah and uh i loved that thing so much he would never let me play it because he was like you don't know what you're doing you're gonna fuck it up as older brothers usually are you know anytime their kid brother wants to do something and they're like nah man like you don't know what the fuck you're doing It wanted to be their thing. So my mom's boyfriend just so happened to have a bass. And one of the first stringed instruments I ever played was that bass. And I learned, the only song I ever learned on it was Purple Haze. Which was actually ironic, because later on in Durpot, we played Purple Haze. So it was like I already kind of knew the song. But after my brother, my brother kind of gave up on music. He didn't really, uh... I guess he didn't, I guess he didn't feel the satisfaction of it the way that I do, but he was really good, but he didn't really create a lot of his own stuff, he just played like songs that were already written, or he would like do arpeggio exercises or scale exercises, but he wouldn't actually create and write his own songs. And, uh, how much, I, how much older? He's you- a year, he's a year and three months older than Okay. Me. Yeah, we're so we're pretty. Quite a lot, right? I mean, yeah, we yeah. were like, we, my brother and I shared a room until I was about 15 years old. So we very much so were always together up until really about he got into high school and then he got his friends and all that. But he really was a big influence on me with music. Uh, we had the Beatles rock band, and that was a huge influence on me. And we also had Guitar Hero. I never realized. How much those two video games really, like, educated me and excited me about rock. Like, rock music. Not rock and roll. Not, like, 50s rock. Because I had already known about 50s rock through my grandfather. But real rock. That rock from the late 60s and the 70s up until the early 80s. Like, Van Halen right before the hair metal took over. Like, and Ozzy and that stuff in the 80s. That stuff. It really...
0: Right. It seems mm-hmm. like ever since I've known you, that's, that's that's what I envision you. Yeah. In that genre, in that that time frame. You know? And
1: I and I really I really do feel like Guitar Hero influenced that in me yeah, almost because yeah. that was the first time I'd ever heard Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath's one of my favorite bands. It's the first time I'd ever heard Cream. All these great, like understood, exalted rock bands. That if you don't listen to any other rock band, like these are the, the bands you should listen to. They really kind of set me on a path to success in terms of like what i was being influenced by it was almost like i was being influenced by the right stuff not to say that there's a wrong influence but in terms you know of rock and roll there's certain bands you need to listen to to really get the attitude of rock and roll like ac dc motorhead led zeppelin sabbath the who Mm -hmm. those kind of bands that were just like we're gonna be fucking loud if you don't like it that's fine, but we're still going to be as loud as we want, because that's what it's all about. Now let me ask you this, since you talked a lot about uh, Guitar Hero
0: and Rock Band and all that stuff, does that fuck you up as a musician, playing those instruments, versus, you know, playing a stringed instrument? Does it it mess with your rhythm a little bit?
2: I
1: would say so, considering I never played, when I played Rock Band and Guitar Hero, I didn't actually play a stringed instrument at all. But, so I didn't really notice that difference. But then I played it uh, a few years ago and I noticed it was like this is it was almost weird
3: because
1: yeah. like I knew in the past I had no problem doing it because all I knew were the buttons. I didn't know how to actually play but then it was like when I actually learned how to play it became difficult to play the Guitar Hero. Right. Which that's is the same funny. With
0: me, or the opposite of me because I don't play any instruments whatsoever but I'm a fucking master of rock band and guitar. Oh guitar really? You could play the hell out of it, but you put me on a real guitar and it's like
1: yeah, it sounds like fucking
0: cat's fucking <laughs> or something, you know.
1: Now that's not bad that's not that's not, a not, bad, that's that's not, a not always a bad thing sometimes. <laughs> There's a lot of good art that sounds like cats fucking. Oh true. Yeah. The people just call it noise. Yeah. Also known as jazz music. I was listening, <coughs> to, something well, yeah, I
0: was
3: listening to some of that. Well that's jazz. You know what of jazz stuff.
1: music is, right? No, It's just wrong notes. <laughs> that's all it is—just wrong notes. That makes
4: a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, no, that's just, that's obviously just a joke. But yeah. I, I love
3: jazz music; it's fantastic. Um,
1: but I I, I hear digress. what you're saying. It's kind of I,
0: just it's notes out of order. Yeah, kind
3: of yeah.
1: But I digress. I am getting sidetracked. That's, I, that's
4: fine. I
1: tend to do that a lot. I ramble. I just, especially like, so I'm smoking this left-handed cigarette. You know, you really. Start to get a little spacey and get to get a bit on the tangent side of expressing yourself. I so love this, this is a podcast, so though I guess that's kind of the point of it, right? That's it. Long form <laughs> conversation, man, it just goes where it goes, you know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's some
0: podcasts out there where they're, you know, they got a script and questions. Yeah, and, and they, they follow the stuff,
1: just, or they have an itinerary or whatever. Yeah. I
0: mean, I, I try to know a little bit about my guests, but I don't really do a whole lot of research or anything like that. I mean, I just. Just go off
1: the cuff, you know. Yeah. Then I mean, that's almost how it should be, unless you're like interviewing.
0: Yeah, yeah. you got to get Yeah, the president on there. Yeah,
1: someone, exactly. You know, Maybe you should do your research on the yeah. president before you. Don't
0: yet. waste some, Don't waste time <laughs> on, on frivolous stuff, but. So, and that's how I know you. You know, when I first met you and started watching you perform, I thought the only thing you played was the bass guitar because that's all I ever saw you with until you started coming into homegrown and doing your solo stuff with with the regular guitar. So um I didn't know you played both at that time. I thought you were just a bass guitarist.
4: Yeah, that's what um and
0: let me let me say this. You're not a regular bass guitarist. I mean, you do something with the bass guitar that you know, the the bass guitarist in a regular band just kind of getting the rhythm and kind of the the timing, I guess, with the drummer, yeah. right? And I mean, you kind of take it to a to another level. It seems like do you model yourself after anybody? Do you have any famous bassists that you model yourself after? Yeah, it's yeah. just
1: funny that you say that. Cause you know I don't play bass anymore. You don't at all. I I mean I play it I I play it here like at home, but I I'm just the singer in my band.
0: Right, but in Dirtpot.
1: But in Dirtpot, yeah, I, I was player. the singer and the bass player, and it's it's really funny because I never I never wanted to be a bass player. No. No, I always wanted like when the the way that I first envisioned Durapart was to be like Sabbath, and I was gonna be Lazi, and we were gonna find someone that could play bass like Geezer Butler. So that's what
0: you envisioned. What... Was it like a tribute band type thing? Well, no, not like a
1: tribute band, but in the sense of the, the like the dynamic of the lineup. Like I had no intentions of it being a three piece. I always wanted it to be a four piece because I always wanted it to just be the singer. And if we could find a really good bass player that played like Geezer, then we would have been. It would have been cool. But then it, it like just so happened that I was the bass player that played like Geezer Butler. And geezer Butler and um, Jack Bruce. But Geezer Butler and Jack Bruce are almost a little bit of one of the same because Jack Bruce is who greatly influenced Geezer Butler. Jack Bruce being the bassist of Cream okay. and Geezer Butler. The bassist of Black Sabbath, their, their playing is very, very, very similar to each other because, uh, like Sabbath really will, took what Cream was doing with the sense of like hard blues rock and they pushed it to that other level and really turned it into like heavy metal and stuff. But only, the only other bass player I could think about that, in, like, really inspired me, Les Claypool from Prime i love les claypool yeah. and, and 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 i guess if i have to say less claypool i have to say getty lee too because getty lee is the basis of rush and he greatly influenced yeah, les primus, claypool. yeah i
0: mean the base for is forefront yeah exactly
1: and that's kind of like not as heavy as primus were but that was almost kind of like how we were a lot of people describe this as like not so much primus but a lot some people would say rush But a lot of people said like Cream and Sabbath, specifically Cream. More to me, more Sabbath. Yeah, more Sabbath. But a lot of people said Cream in the sense of like me, us being the three piece and like me singing and playing the bass and sounding like Sabbath. Because like some of the heavy Cream music, like that stuff is what directly influenced Sabbath to make what they make, particularly on the first record. Like, Bide, Paranoid, and stuff, like, they greatly established. They're like some, like, this is heavy metal. This isn't just blues rock. But, the first record, in their early playing days, when they were just still a band in England, they were greatly influenced by Cream, among other people, but just blues rock in general. Hmm. But, the, uh, Geezer is one of my favorite bass players. He made me love the bass. I love the bass now. Yeah, well, it's I mean, fun. If you're gonna, if you were gonna pick
0: one, I mean, I know you're onto the guitar now, but if you're gonna pick one, do you still prefer the bass more than the no. guitar? And is it easier to play bass because it only has four strings versus yes! six strings? Yes.
1: Yes. But there are six-string basses too, correct? Yes. Which I don't agree with. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Unless you know how to use it. Okay. Because the purpose. The purpose of the five string bass, and we can include the six string bass. But the purpose of the five string bass was, it, it's not called a five string bass, it's called a multi scale bass. And the purpose of having that fifth string on the bass is so that one note that you run out on when you go on a, a multi, like a, a scale run on a bass, like up from the top of the neck down to the bottom, you run out of the notes because there's no there's no no more frets. Yeah. But that fifth string lets you do it like up here and at, at a higher spot within the fretboard, so you can do the whole run. And that's what the purpose of the fifth five string bass with, and then of course the six string bass and all that. But a lot of people don't play the five and six string bass like that. The majority of people that play five and six string basses play in like hardcore-type bands or metalcore, like any core kind of bands, which I have a great respect and a slight affinity for. I don't listen to it at all, but I love going to a show of a hardcore band. But the only thing that I've noticed about their bass players playing the five-string, six-string basses is that they kind of just, it's in some low-tuning so they can kind of just play it open because it's the bay mm-hmm. and it's like and they'll hit like it'll be like zero, zero, 000 like if i'm speaking tablature it'll be zero 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 one zero 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 one, mm-hmm. and it's like that doesn't it's just and that's it's cool. kind of to, the whole instrument it, right? like and almost almost <coughs> almost and I don't want to, like, say that to sound like a dick or, like, disrespect people that play hardcore music because it's not no, what I'm trying it's, to it's do. It's your opinion. But, yeah, like, it's, uh... It's it's funny. It's funny. Because that's, like... That's where heavy metal went. Right. That's, that's what's heavy now. And they, like, people that play that kind of music think, like, Metallica isn't heavy metal. Like, they'll say it's metal, but it's not. They don't think it's heavy, and I'm like... It's crazy because I mean, Sabbath is like the heaviest of all heavy. It's just yeah. they didn't need like. I mean, it's just not loud, but it's heavy. Yeah. I mean, I think people confuse the two, right? They they think almost. loud
0: is heavy, and
1: or they think or noise or that heavy is just like chugging. Yeah, like chugging on an open string, and like you almost like you said, like just making noise. Right.
0: So we talked a little bit about <clears throat> your early days of trombone kind of getting into to some of your brothers' instruments and, and now we're talking, you know, dirt pot and, and, and a and uh, band beyond. But so what did you start what was your first band? What was your first real get together with other dudes or girls and, and you started jamming again? pot yeah. That
1: Durr-pop was, was that band. was the first one. And it like I will I will always have like such a such a, a great a great love for that band. For, for what it was, and, and, like and was what, it all
0: original members the entire way through?
1: Um, we had a different? we had a couple different drummers. Originally, it was because you you know Brad right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brad was the, the Brad was the original drummer. Brad Gibbs. Yeah, Brad, yes. Brad was the original drummer, and I bass sang. Dylan played guitar, and Brad was in the band for a few months, and then he kind of went off on his own way to say and we had to kick him out and then montez became the drummer and montez was the drummer for pretty much the whole time in the band from like the end of 2017 on to the end of the band montez was the drummer and we did like we did a lot for what we could have done in charleston in the local scene but I honestly feel like due to situations that happened between some of the members in their personal lives, it they had to shift their responsibility away from the music. Yeah. And is that's as understandable. exactly. Right? And it's I get it. I mean, you see bands all the time
0: with new members and different members and, and in and out, some of the members come back.
4: Yeah. And, like, we were
1: cool with Brad still. At least I was. But it just, after a while, like, I started to, like, get the feeling that we weren't doing anything anymore. Like, we had done that. We had almost, like, hit a plateau. Right. And we were plateauing out because we couldn't really go on tour. Because around, like, right before before COVID, I was wanting to go out on the road for like 10 days and book book like six shows in 10 days right. Just um, like
0: statewide or
1: not like go up the coast yeah. yeah do like a couple few like play what i wanted to do is that i wanted to play a show in charleston and then leave and play a show somewhere on a saturday and maybe like north carolina and then maybe go to Virginia and play a show or two. If you could get like a two-night deal at a show in Virginia, play two shows in Virginia, yeah. And then come down and play a show somewhere else in North Carolina. Coming back and then coming home and right. playing a show in Charleston. So COVID stopped all home. that, or, or the band? No, we that. the band comes because we never did that. The, so you like, did everything
0: within South Carolina.
1: We played all around South Carolina. We played in the upstate. We played in Columbia. We played all over the Lowcountry. And we played in Georgia. We played in Savannah and mm-hmm. Augusta. Yeah,
0: yeah Augusta seemed it, to be pretty big we, for a lot of Charleston people.
1: Yeah, and it was cool, and we liked it. But we really like we got on pretty good in Savannah. Played at a few places in Savannah. And played at this one place called the Wormhole. Played there about five or six times.
0: And you're headlining these and places,
3: most places. Yeah. yeah.
1: And it was like it was cool. Like we weren't playing to that many people. Like we were probably playing to maybe like 25 people. But it was like it was it was fun. Yeah. And but but that's not what I want. <clears throat> you wanted the big arena I wanted arena to take shows. over the fucking world. Yeah. And yeah. I wanted to feel like I was in a band with members that also wanted to take over the world. And I feel like. Because of the situations that happened to them in life, in their own personal lives, I feel like they lost the the vision to take over the world with rock and roll. Because that's like that's all I want to do is is take music, particularly rock and roll, because rock and roll needs to come back. I'm gonna fuck what anybody says. Rock and roll ain't never gonna die. It's not going to die. They made a song about it 60 years ago. And it still rings true. Rock and roll is here to stay. And it will never die. Because rock and roll is about one thing. One thing only. And that is sticking it to the fucking man. And saying fuck you to the establishment. I'm going to be me. I'm going to be who I want to be. And if you don't like that, that's fine. Fuck you. I'm still going to be me. And as long as you're not somebody... That's a, a degradation to society. And you know who those people are racists, homophobes, pedophiles, rapists, those kind of people, the, the bad people, murderers, and stuff like that. Yeah. If you're not doing anything to harm anybody, then you can do whatever you, you want. Right. But it's only when you say that I'm going to do what I want <clears throat> and then hurt people that can become a problem. If you're gonna hurt somebody, hurt yourself. Because more often than not, if you're hurting someone else, it's because of how you feel inside. True. And you're projecting your insecurities or your angers onto other people because you don't want to deal with it yourself. And I just that's not very rock and roll at all. Yeah.
4: <laughs> that's so nice.
1: so diving back a little bit,
0: so you know, dirt potential. Has a demise. I mean, what, what's the. I don't want to throw any of the band members under the bus. You know, I talk about their dirty laundry or whatever. I'm not trying. <clears throat> but to. it wasn't monetary. I mean, these other members? Was it relationships? No. Was it not it making was any money. Not.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, we. It's too time consuming. We never Risk really with the, it, with the members. We, certain things happened. People had kids.
3: Okay. And because of
1: kids being had. It, and I'm not saying that as a bad thing. I don't want to blame. Like I'm not blaming the children. Yeah, all that. rockers out there. But it's just the fact. But it's just the fact that the person who did have kids had to step up at his job and become like a a general manager at mm-hmm. his job. So we never were. We hardly not going to say never, but we hardly ever had time to practice. We would. We went, when we had a storage, we used to have a storage unit.
0: And. To practice in
1: there. Yeah. And we used to practice in there. We were in there almost every night. All night. Practicing like four or five hours a night. Four or five days a week. Hmm. And after, after our storage unit went away, we like kept practicing. We would practice out in Cottageville where Montez lived and uh well, you could tell we you were guys are still, we still practicing and shit but then it was like cuz Dylan's the one had right? Dylan's got two kids and Dylan's like his children are great i love his kids but Dylan had to step up and take more responsibilities at his job because of that which is understandable cuz i'm never going to tell you not to be father your children fuck this band right but because of that the band lost a lot of its time to really be together as a band so and we were still playing a lot of shows like that's what was was crazy about it like we were still seeing each other pretty frequently but it's just like it seemed like when we were seeing each other we were either just hanging out or we were playing the show and we tried like we would practice the day before the show that would those were pretty much the only times that we practiced
0: Versus the four or five, six. Yeah, exactly.
1: So it just seemed like, from from my perspective, that like I don't know that we weren't practicing enough. You think that affected your shows? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because I feel like even
0: though even though you guys have done so much practice before, yeah, and we still just kind of degraded,
1: yeah, degraded, not degraded. Yeah, but but, oh, absolutely. hmm. Because unless you're playing, is it just the timing? I mean, what do you what do you mean? It just wasn't as tight. Not as tight. Yeah. Not as, not as tight because less dexterity within the fingers of being able to play your instrument. Because you're not, it's like, it's almost like, like a, like a, a machine.
3: Yeah, it's like a runner something. The more, you know, it's like an old
1: machine. Some, like an old fucking machine. Yeah. Something old that was built to last. If you used it more, and kept it in motion. Mm-hmm. And it kept it lasting longer because it was being used.
3: All right. You rest but, your rust is what they
1: said. Exa- exactly. And it's like, Obviously you gotta have rest days, but it, it we we went from practicing a, a very more than half of the days of the week to, to less less a, a fraction of the days of the week because we would only we'd only practice maybe like three or four times a month because we had like we were playing three or four shows a month. Excuse me, so we'd just play um we just play before we just practice before, but I, I always wanted to practice more. Yeah, and I felt like we just we I don't know we're kind of slipping.
0: The practice is definitely important in music.
1: Mo, most definitely,
0: as well as you know, you only think it's important in like football and soccer and baseball and all this shit, but musicians got to practice too, right? I mean, just like this podcast, most definitely. Yeah, exactly. I trip over myself. Yeah, exactly. For certain
1: things where you can get, yeah, it's 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 true though, but. So,
0: so here's another, qu- just to interrupt real quick, you talked about playing a bunch of shows, three, four shows a week. Somebody had asked a question to ask you, um, what was your favorite place to play around Charleston? Burns Alley. Burns Alley.
1: Burns Alley, hands Burns down. down. I have been there. It's fantastic. What do you well, doing July sense. 8th?
3: Um
0: probably going to Burns Alley. 8. Come to Burns because
1: my cause Silver Tongue Devils are playing at Burns Alley on July eighth. What what makes we'll that, get to them momentarily. Yeah, we'll we'll get to work our
0: way up to, to where you're at now. But um so what makes Burns Alley the, the spot? I mean what makes that so
1: I, I honestly have to say honestly have to say mm-hmm. I could flip the question around on you and say what doesn't make? Burns Valley, the spot because it truly is that amazing. There's, there's, unless I'm playing a fucking, sold- <laughs> unless I'm playing a sold out show at the Music Farm, the Charleston Music Hall, or the North Charleston Coliseum, mm-hmm. I do not want to play in Charleston, South Carolina if it is not at Burns Valley. Really? Even Other like than the Tim well, we. We're too too loud, way too loud for the poor Because yeah. the thing is, we're in the we're in the conundrum of bands where we're too loud for the outside stage, but we're not popular enough to play inside.
0: Right, the inside is hard to get. Yeah. I mean, so for like, whole year
1: yeah, exa- exactly. So it's understandable. <clears throat> like, I've, I that's why I, I haven't even attempted to try and be like, hey. Who <clears> but to I, to I have been
0: to Burns Alley. I've been to. It's a bunch fantastic. Of places, it's but... the
1: only rock club in Charleston. To me, other than Ten wise, roof. other than Ten roof.
0: To me, the poor house has always been my favorite place to go see a, any type of music, just for sound, lighting. Oh yeah, and I've been there. I've been there. I've but,
1: seen shows. There, they do a fantastic job there. Yeah. But I just. But
0: I don't have enough to compare it to, so maybe there's yeah. something better out there. But Burns Alley is where it's at. Bur-
1: Bur- in my opinion, in my opinion. And if you're, a, if you're a rock band. And you've played the Sparrow and yeah, some other I've things. Played, or, I've played. Shit, let's go where I've fucking played in play it Played the Sparrow. We played the Mill. Well, we tried to play the Mill one time. That actually didn't end up happening. Uh, <laughs> um, we played at Shooters, which is now Trolley Pub. We played at Southern Shakers. We played at Ten Roof. We played at um, Pub on 61. Played at Coastal Coffee Roasters. We played at Ice House. We played at... Fucking uh, Amici's Italian Bistro in North Charleston. Yeah, we played spots. at the Twisted Cypress Brewing Company. Just yeah, pretty much like a good. And we were trying to bit. get
0: you at uh, Homegrown before we. Uh, yeah, before, before COVID, COVID happened, happened. We, we and happened. I
1: really wanted that to happen and play on that backstage. It would have been fun.
0: Yeah, we had. Uh, I think it was called the Night of Mayhem. We mm-hmm. were going to call it, and it was uh, you and we're, we're gonna Southern Insanity. Segue into this Southern Insanity. Yeah, and um, was it just you two guys? I thought we had a third band. Was it? Um,
1: I think there was a third. It was. Band. Um, I want to say it was Blue Ricky. Been somewhere's the, band. Yeah, yeah, yeah Blue, Blue Ricky. Ricky.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was going to be fantastic. It band. was,
1: but uh, COVID, uh, COVID stopped that from happening. Yes,
4: and which two, is two, actually, two actually, honestly,
1: if we'll go segue from that into there, the COVID really is what kind of ended.
0: Well, let's back up though, <clears throat> because we're talking about dirt pot kind of. The demise. And, no, that, uh, but
1: that's what I'm saying. This is what I'm segueing. Right, with. but for a time, though, before COVID, okay. you segued
0: into Southern Insanity.
1: Yeah, how, how, for how, a little bit. Southern Insanity actually happened. Um it was. Right. I, thought, I thought
0: those guys were tight, man. I thought you we, guys sounded really good
1: together. We were, we were. Yeah. I, I, I would have, I would concur with that statement, Brian. Not that Durpah mm-hmm. didn't sound good, but I it thought Southern good. Sanity it took was, it to a different level. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And it was, it was just something. It, it almost reinvigorated me with music and made me get hopeful about like playing in in, in Charleston again. Because honestly, like Charleston, in the way that the scene is, a lot of people rip you the fuck off. And will lie to your face and say that they've never ripped you off before a day in their life. And they've ripped you off countless fucking times. You don't know how many times. I'm not gonna say any names. I'm not gonna say any locations. I really fucking should to warn people. But I'm not trying to cause a controversy. So we
4: won't say
1: <laughs> So we won't do that. Dude, this is but the place to do. You, you don't do know
4: it. how many fucking times
1: when Dirtpot was first starting, and even when we were playing shows like it really happened in Somerville at yeah, Coastal. That's why Fleming used to call
3: it Bummerville. Right?
1: And <laughs> and at Shooters, we'd get ripped off at Shooters all the fucking time.
0: Ripped off, meaning they just didn't pay you or something? They
1: would tell us either that, or they would not give us what they told us they were going to. Okay. Or if they and did, they say you didn't bring enough people
0: in. or yep, Make some excuse Or they or would.
1: Yep. They'd say some bullshit like that. But I would watch them. At the end of the night, like, I saw them standing at the bar, like, counting the money. Like, yeah. don't...
0: Well, let's, let's sidetrack real quick here. So, how do you feel about that? Because a
1: lot of people will say,
0: like, yeah, you didn't bring enough people in. Is it your job to bring people into their bar
3: to, to come no, see No, it's you? not.
1: That and that's what people the- don't understand. That's what... That is a very... Um, that's a very businessman mentality about entertainment that is simply not true. So if you think that you are wrong, yeah, I'm right. sorry, but you are you be because this is the, the fact that of the motherfucking there. yes. Yeah. It's my job to keep your people here, you not bring them. Because if my band is good, they're going to be dancing. They're going to be moving. And if they're going to be dancing and they're going to be moving, they're going to be get sweaty. And if they're getting sweaty, that means they're going to go to your bar and they're going to buy more drinks than they normally would because this band is kicking their fucking ass. Yeah. And that's what it's about. Not, And that's why I say yeah. Burns Alley is my favorite place to play in Charleston. Because Burns Alley always had a crowd. And it's right off of King Street. You know where the Five Guys is on King Street? Mm-hmm. It's Right that alley right there.
3: Yeah.
1: Walk down that alley it's right there on the right. Mm-hmm. And you walk right in and it's... It's in a it's a two story thing. It's got a it's got a bottom floor. It's got a little mini stage. Stage isn't big at all. It's probably from the desk to the wall in that corner, like just that back corner from behind you. That's all you got. But it's um it's always got a crowd. It's always got a very diverse crowd because it's again right off of King Street, right in the bar district, or like right at right at the end of the bar mm-hmm. district before you get into the shopping district. Right, that's kind of upper
0: king, right? Yeah, Yeah.
1: exactly. And, uh, it's, it's just, it's, it's crazy because I have, there's been nights
4: where we've, we've made a thousand
1: dollars off the door, off the door because of so many, that's 200 people. That you've got. So in we're a still place. talking burned out. Yeah.
0: So they would give you a set amount, plus they give you a percentage of the door, or how? No, the,
1: your your amount was the door. Okay, so the, the door was the door what was what do. you got. But Jimmy always made sure that if unless you were doing them, they would a favor mash, they would
0: mash the door. Or you'd something.
1: get a, you'd get a hundred, at least get a hundred a man, at least get a hundred a man. More often than not, it was at always least a hundred
0: amount. a man or the door, whichever was greater. Yeah,
1: essentially, yeah. essentially, but it was it was. I can count on my hand how many times I played at Burns Alley to make money that wasn't like an already set agreed price as a favor or to play free as a favor. There's only been about one time that I did not make a hundred a man. Mm. And even still, I made a hundred a (laughs) man. Like we only made, we made like $305. But at Burns Alley, like dirt Pot, used to always make anywhere between. On a normal night, we'd make probably about four fifty, four seventy five. Mm-hmm. On dollars on a good night, we'd make like six seven hundred dollars, and which was a lot for us. And we were like,
0: "And Southern Insanity played there as well, Burns Alley." N- no, never, did. never,
1: never happened. That's. Was a, that,
0: I can't remember. Was that a three piece as well? That was no? a
1: three piece. I sang and played bass okay. so on that as well. similar, similar, similar dynamic, similar mold, mold but different music, more jammy and more like southern rock versus straight up doom metal yeah. and like Sabbath, the way the dirt pop was stoner rock.
0: Now, which did you prefer out of those two bands,
1: if you had to pick one or the other? Southern Insanity, without yep. a doubt, without a doubt. It out tristan's just a bitch yeah <laughs> like honestly go, yeah. Tr- uh, no i mean like he's a bitch like he's a pussy oh really <laughs> yeah i don't like i like tristan but i don't really like tristan anymore because of like what happened with yeah. the band so well, there you
3: go
1: yeah that's but <laughs> that's uh that band was doing well had covid not happened that might have been see that's why i'm very thankful for covid Because COVID is what made me realize that I was wasting my time by being in a band in Charleston. Because right, probably, COVID hit in March. And then in April, about a month after COVID, the guitar player of the band that I'm in now started hitting me up. And he was like, hey man, like you should maybe try out for us. Because they had known me. I had first met the Silver Tongue Devils back in... 2017 when their pot played their first show we opened up the Silver hmm. and i met them at southern shakers and uh it's in somerville doesn't exist anymore it's oh, a okay. tiki taco say, now oh, okay. it's the tiki the tiki taco on 17a yeah yeah yep that's that's where they've got a great fucking stage in there man it's fantastic yeah yeah hmm. but i met those guys there and uh we just instantly kind of hit it off. We, They thought I was cool. They liked the way I sounded. And we just always kind of kept in touch with each other. And uh, they'd come to play in Charleston. I'd go to their shows. Like Derp played a couple more shows opening up for them. And uh, they brought us up one time to the upstate to play with them at this record store that they always played at. And it was really fun. And we partied with them afterwards. And uh, so we always were kind of like, I was always kind of cool with them. And then he, Michael, the guitar player, started talking to me about wanting to be the lead singer. And then uh, just kind of took a while. I still wanted to try with Dirt Pot, But then COVID, with COVID happening at the times that I'm like getting this information about wanting to try out for the band, I'm starting to think like this is my like. I've been thinking about leaving this band yeah, anyway.
3: Just to get out of jail, freak, Yeah,
1: almost. Like I I've, I've got an opportunity to join a better band or whatever. <clears throat> and uh Dylan and Montez and I didn't see each other for about two months when COVID first started. And one day, like something was happening. We were trying to practice or something, and my car ended up like dying on me. Like fucking up. Like i couldn't didn't have a car anymore so like we didn't get the problem we got in like a big fight about some shit i don't even know what we got in a fight about but i remember during the fight i like told them I was like y'all need to like we need to do something or i'm leaving the or i'm leaving the fucking band dude because the silver tongue devils want me to be their singer so like i've got this opportunity waiting for me so like if y'all aren't Trying to like do what I want to do. It's no point to be together. And I stayed, and I knew then that I was like, I I gotta go. And by January of the next year, I was auditioning for Silver Tongue Devils and I was like staying up at their house and singing almost every day with them. Like when we were practicing every day, like how my old band, like how Dirt Pot used to. And it was just really cool. And that's when I knew. I was like, this like, this band isn't it anymore.
0: Yeah. So it just kind of brought you back around. To yeah. What almost. your initial love was of music in, in yeah. Band and yeah.
1: And just because all I ever wanted to do was sing, like sing and perform. So but, now
0: you're just the lead singer. I mean, yeah. like you said, you don't play an instrument in the band anymore.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: Okay.
1: Which kind of thing? I can't even believe I didn't tell you about this. Speaking about music. I didn't really think about this because it wasn't a mus- musical instrument, but I have always been a performer. There was, um, when I was in middle school, in seventh grade, I was in the talent show. Uh-huh.
3: And I fucking. <laughs>
1: you were rapping or something? Oh, no, no. <laughs> I was fucking Michael Jackson, dude. Oh, really? Yeah, Michael Jackson had just died. It was, um, Michael Jackson died in 2009 in the summer. And that following year going into like seventh grade everyone was like michael jackson everybody was in love with michael jackson again everybody loved michael
3: jackson yeah
1: and uh for the talent show that year i fucking sang and danced to uh dancing Machine" by the jackson five right. and there were like when i but the actual talent show because what you what we would do back in middle school and high school. You'd have the talent show on the night of the talent show. And then you would do, like, a, a, a rerun <laughs> of the talent show at school for the kids. Uh-huh. And you'd do it, like, one day for, like, the three lunch periods in high school. You'd do the talent show like, fourth period, fifth period, sixth period. So that, that was your... Plan. You, like, got out of class and shit you went the talent show. Yeah. But, uh... We fucking... I did this, I did, sang and danced a dancing machine and I had like, I, I went all to the nines. I had the, the hyped up like black dress pants and this, the like penny, black penny loafers. I had a red thriller jacket. I had bought a fucking jack, a thriller jacket and had a, had a glove yeah. and I sang and danced and did this shit. And there was, there was probably about four or five hundred people in the audience in the auditorium.
0: A video of
1: this somewhere? No, there's no vi- there's no video of this. I don't think there's any video of my talent show performances because <clears throat> I did the talent show again when I was in 10th grade and 12th grade in high school, but we'll get to that. But then like that that 7th grade talent show performance is like that's when I realized cuz there was at one point I was doing a dance or some shit and I did a spin and then I hit the moonwalk and when i moonwalked across that fucking stage and saw like immediately like the whole first two because there were adults there too so like people that really knew this music yeah. a lot of the That's kids the did yeah exactly so when they saw this little fucking white boy fucking <laughs> getting down on some michael jackson they lost their minds and i realized like right. it's almost That's like the, the super, like the superhero When he finds out he's a superhero and he has superpowers and he looks at his hands and he's like, Holy shit. What is this? That's really what it felt like. And I was like thirteen years old then and I I realized I I can see how that happened I I realized then like I don't know I don't know what I'm gonna do or I don't know what I have to do to get to this but me singing and dancing on stage performing this is what I'm gonna do with my life and I always knew I kind of wanted it to be with like music and almost like rock and roll because I love I've always loved rock and roll so like this really I was just talking to a friend of mine the other day because my birthday's coming up I'm gonna I'm gonna be 25 and on Thursday and and they always say 25 is a, is a very important year because that's when the brain fully matures yeah that's and uh, Thursday, yeah. yeah and I, always, I never really understood, like, what what that meant and, until almost being 25, because I shit you not. It's so weird. Since, like, Thanksgiving, and really since, like, a little bit before, since the fall of this past year, I've really felt, like, a change in my brain almost. Really? Of understanding, like, like an awakening. It's time to be like you're finally like you're finally that person that you wanted to be when you're thirteen. So it's time for you to be responsible and stay disciplined. And stay responsible and stay hardworking. Don't get lazy. Mm-hmm. Keep your eye focused on the task that it is that is at hand. Whereas I could see myself at 21, 22, 23, and even up until like I don't know, I've really noticed it like within the past like six months a, a big change in my mind, the way I think about things,
3: right?
0: So, Instead. you mean like not getting distracted
3: or
1: well, I mean, no, like not, not getting distracted because you're, you're always gonna get distracted, that's just a part of life, but but overcome like going above that and understanding like it's okay to be distracted, but at some point in the day, take a take a a true effort to work on your craft. Whatever your craft may be. Right. And I'm talking about your craft. Not what you do for money. Your craft. What gives you passions and desires and inspirations for greatness inside of your soul.
0: And sometimes they can be the same things. but yeah, And most, sometimes it can. Sometimes it
1: can. But most, yeah, exactly. Most of the times, most of the times they're not. Because I can tell you this right now. Even with this band, this band makes way more money and does way, like bigger engaged audiences really and that's what i noticed about this well just because so they've been around
0: longer they've had longer time to build up that following or
4: what? yes and no it's it's really like it's it's a little
1: like i've helped them out i feel like a little bit almost too, because i i i saw their band. Before I was in it, like I saw their old lead singer, and they had a different, they had a well, not a different guitar player, but they had a second guitar player. And during COVID, they got rid of the singer and the second guitar player, so it was still the same guitar, bass, and drum. And uh,
0: so you mean so they were five piece? They had two they big, were they had two guitar the lead guitar,
1: players. rhythm guitar, yeah, drum, and the lead guitar bass. player quit, but the rhythm guitar player was a great lead player the whole time. In a very gifted songwriter. That's why, like, really, I say you definitely you gotta come to the show, July eighth, because like, yeah, I would have been I there this past Friday I if I didn't have something. To I do. don't, I don't know how else to describe it to you other because you'll understand it better than anybody because you know their pot, you know Southern insanity, mm-hmm. and the people that know where I came from, to to see me like in this band. And what this fan... It's it's like... It's like a whole... It's like a whole different thing. It really... Like, it's, it's fucking crazy. I really don't know how to describe it. It almost seems like it has manifested into its own thing. And it has become, like, an entity.
0: And these guys were based out of Anderson? Or that They're,
1: they live in Seneca. Okay. Yeah. But uh, it's so just... Yeah, cause they're like it's like
5: thirty minutes.
1: But it's Michael. Michael's from Simpsonville, which is like right outside of Greenville. And then Jonas, who's the bass player, and Jesse, who's the drummer, they're brothers. And uh, Jonas is like five or six years younger than Jesse, or maybe like maybe four. How does that sound? He's now, so since
0: you've been with these guys, you've only sang. I mean, do you ever only bring out the sing. guitar, or the bass at all, and do some kind of jam session at the end of the night? No. Mm, well,
4: I um, I um, just just really within the past few months, well,
0: I like started to, every now and then. Dave Grohl will get back on the drums or something, you know.
4: Yeah,
1: but we don't. <laughs> uh I don't at practice. No. But when we're hanging out and we're doing our thing, like, there's a lot of times I'll show Michael, I'll be like, yo, listen to this, this song that I wrote. Mm-hmm. And I've learned a lot from Michael as a songwriter. He's taught me a lot. Like, it's, I really, I don't know. I really don't know how to describe it. Like, Michael is just, he's just, he, he's really like the music, a fucking musical genius. Like, I get, like, he just, when it comes to songwriting, like, he gets it. He will play you a song and be like, hey, I just wrote this. And it will sound like some fucking shit on the fucking radio. And it's like, what? There's no way you wrote that. But you know we wrote it. So it's like, oh my God. It's yeah. just. These guys
0: s- are all the same age as you? Or? Um,
1: uh, Jesse's a few years older than us. But uh, Michael and I are the same age. Yeah. Michael and I are both 25. Jonas is a couple years younger. Jonas just turned 23. But we're all in that age. Yeah. Mid 20s. And. Uh, it's just, I don't
4: know, man. Like, these guys, these guys really feel like, because it doesn't feel like I'm, sometimes I've, it feels like this in my
1: mind, but I honestly feel like it's just, like, personal problems with my mind trying to discourage me from believing that this is, like, the band that's gonna do something, you know? Because sometimes I'll feel like I don't, necessarily have a say but i know that i do in terms of like what we're gonna do in, with the music or like songwriting or stuff like that because michael writes the majority of the songs but there's a lot of times especially here recently where we've worked on songs together like and we've kind of i've kind of like given him ideas maybe to work with i'll be like something i come up with or i'll be like here make it like do something with this, like make a song out of it I and mean, then he'll make a song out of it I and mean, it'll be ten times better than what I ever have done with it. Yeah. So it's just like we've he's kind of trusted me a little bit more in the sense of like me doing my thing. And it's it's cool. Like it's we're starting to build a, a nice little songwriting team. But he's still got his own songs that he just writes so well. It's like oh. you it's almost like you can't <clears throat> compete with it. It's amazing.
0: So so they already had all their own songs and everything. So you're just playing their tunes. I mean, have you specifically no. written any songs oh, for the yeah. band?
4: Well, I get it. I, I gave them an all. Old...
0: Like you said, Michael, you do some collaboration stuff with him.
1: But... Yeah, but more often than not, Michael writes. Michael writes the songs.
0: Do you play any pot?
1: We have one. There's one pot song that uh, we play, which is called. It's a song I wrote with them. It's one of our later songs, it's called Dragonfly, and it kind of sounds like a... Play it. (laughs) It's like, kind of like a Hendrix-y sounding thing, almost.
3: Is that it?
1: That. but michael added michael added a bridge uh, not a bridge a pre-chorus and a chorus to it to make it more of like a structured song and it sounds way better but we've worked there's a lot of stuff that we don't like the majority of the songs that we play have all been stuff that we've written since i've been in the band yeah. so like and there's some like we don't like we write some of the songs together as a band like oh okay, again like we'll come up with stuff at practice and then we'll just keep working on it and then we'll turn it into a song. But more often than not, probably about seventy five percent of the time, Michael will write a song like on his own. And it'll like he writes it on the acoustic and he'll be like, This might be good for the band. And then he'll show it to the band and then we'll work on it and we'll be like, Oh, that's really good. And then that's what we do. He's just he's just very gifted. very gifted songwriter.
0: And so when did you move up here?
1: It'll be a year on the seventeenth.
0: Okay, so COVID was pretty much still in full swing.
3: Yeah, for the most part,
0: not
1: necessarily around. Here. Okay, so you guys were able but, to get
0: out and actually do shows and. Yeah, July, for
1: 2021. Oh yeah, we played. um Our first show was May 22nd of 2021. We played at, at 134, right? Uh, right by the sushi place. It's a there's a club. Our club one three four right there in downtown Anderson. Sure. That uh, was the first show we played, and from May from May to November, so it was, started, it was a span of six months. We played forty shows, hmm. and we played in. I played in places I never would have, never never would have played with Derek Potter Southern sandy Played in Atlanta, a few times. <laughs> played in Atlanta. Played. Played in Savannah again, played in West Virginia, played in Virginia, played in North Carolina. Like when we played through, like played in Nashville, and got to like finally got to go into the surround, like the regional area, and not just like the state area or like the two like North Carolina, like border states, you know. And uh, I noticed like. Especially, I noticed it especially at places that we played where Durapod had previously played. That we would play these shows, and the people that knew me from Durpot or knew me from Southern Indiana, would just be like, "What the You're fuck right? is What the fuck is this?" Yeah, yeah. and it's just I don't, I don't know. I really like. I really don't know how to describe it. It honestly like. I don't know, like, I don't like talking about this stuff, really, because it either makes me feel like that I'm trying to, like, be arrogant and toot my own horn, or almost that, like, if I talk too much about it, it won't happen. But it almost, like, it almost feels like
3: that
4: within a year's time, or... Things might be looking a, a, a bit
1: different. Yeah. In terms well, what of what the, takes
0: it to that next level? I our our center, our,
1: our synergy as an as a as an entire band, we are one cohesive unit. Well, I know where, that,
0: but I mean, what what's going to get you guys to to quit your jobs and do this as a full time gig? You know, travel musician and actually make money? don't
1: stop playing. Because, I mean, we make money. We make way. I, make way, we, I just don't see any money from it. Like, because it all goes into merchandise or the van, right. like so it's not gas. To live off of yeah, it's exactly. Exactly. Yeah. exactly.
0: But that's what I'm saying. What gets you to that point where you can now live off of this Don't
1: van? Don't stop playing and just keep playing places where you know you're going to get seen. Play in Atlanta. Playing Nashville. Playing Asheville. Playing Charlotte. Playing Raleigh. Is like, a lot of
0: it getting the right person to see you? I mean, is there that or Yeah, but it's also about who you know too. Like well,
1: or? we've got a little bit of connect this what really makes the difference, I guess that's what I'll say. What really makes the difference between this band and any other band that I've been in before is that they're they're more connected with people. Yeah. they know the people to like to really if they talk to somebody that saw somebody and they saw somebody if if the right things were to line up like things might be able to to get to that point to where we can make a living off of it and even beyond making a living off of it right. because we've got um
4: we do have a little bit of like a nice like I guess a good connection
1: but we just don't Really use it, but it, I've noticed recently it started to almost kind of come up more. Do you know? Do you know who the band Jackal is?
3: Yeah.
1: Well, A long time. Ago. Yeah, the guitar player and the drummer is our drummer's dad and uncle. So like I know, I I know those people, yeah. which is weird to say that like I know. A real rock star. Because Jeff's... Uh, where Jesse lives, he lives in Seneca. Jeff and Chris Worley from Jackal live in fucking live in Seneca, South Carolina. Like 40 minutes from here. Yeah. And they... Are they still doing stuff? Yeah. 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 Really? They still play... They play at Sturgis every year. Okay. That which is... Sense. Yeah, which is... They're a big... Like, they're not... They're not... They're not like the Rolling Stones or anything like that, you know. But they still play, like, on the East Coast, they can still sell out, like, two, 3,000 music, like, people seated music venues or standing, however many people you can fit in there. Because we're playing a show with them on April 22nd at Amos Southend in Charlotte. And every time they've told me, like, Jesse and Michael and, like, people, like, you know, my band members have told me, They've played. They've opened up for Jackal before. And uh, there's like, there'll be, however many people can fit in Amos Southend, whether it be 1,500, 2,000 people, there's going to be like 2,000 people. there. Yeah. And that's going to be, that's going to be our biggest show so far. And really, like the past few shows that we've been playing, like the crowds have been getting bigger. We've been playing to like two or 300 people. And we've really been like m- making people notice. We've been bringing a lot of people. Like, people have been showing back up to the shows, specifically girls, too, which is like kind of
5: important in a rock band.
1: In yeah. a rock band, in a sense, because it, 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 it fucks with the other band. Yeah. It's not about having girls at our show. Sure. We, we love girls. To love our music and stuff but it almost like it almost cites out another especially, yeah. unless especially with dudes a band of, of men, it gets in their head almost because more often than not their band doesn't really like their band like wouldn't bring any girls or something like that so yeah. like if they see another band and all these girls are like here to see the band kind of fuck it's like yo who the fuck it makes it gives off that perception yeah. That they're like these guys are like they're a whole different kind of band. They're like a they're like a rock. They're like a fucking rock. Yeah, when you think of, exactly ones. like when you think of like a rock band, you're like that's that's what a rock band is. Yeah. And that's that's really the biggest difference with this band than any other band. We've got the look, like we we have the sound, we have the energy on stage, and it's
0: just it's funny you say that because that that definitely has been a thing forever, right? I mean with Anybody,
1: Jerry Lee Lewis, the Beatles, uh-huh. Elvis.
0: I mean, it was always about the screaming girls out in the, uh-huh. and losing in the their crowd. minds,
1: and, yeah. and that's why they called it devil's music because they didn't want them girls <laughs> shaking their hips to that music because it was promiscuous or whatever. It promoted sexuality and all of these bad things that were bad things at the time. Right. But you know what, something. Then motherfuckers might have been right. <laughs> like, like, they, they might have, they might have, maybe known what they're talking about. But at the same time, you know, fuck it. That's it. Okay. So.
0: so. Do you like? I mean, I know you've mentioned two, three hundred people at a club where you got twenty people. Do you like playing to the bigger crowds? You know, I I love
1: to of, playing to the bigger crowds.
0: I listen to some bands and comedians and some other things to say they like playing the small clubs. Sometimes we're coming back around to the small clubs. I guess it's more. Well, that's
1: what we're. Well, that's what. But that's the scene that we're still in. Yeah, we're still in the small club scene. We're trying to get beyond the small club scene and and get into the big venue. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Because I, I, I do like when there's, uh, when there's a room of two or three hundred people, and the room's filled, Mm -hmm. like the room is filled. It's just I don't know. It doesn't get any better than that. Well, I know this. I work. just wanted to. A do couple do.
0: times at homegrown, it was just you singing to me. Yeah, exactly, <laughs>
3: exactly. How do you deal with that when you when
0: you get to a gig and there's like ten people there? I mean, do you just you just don't say, you, you just it. entertain you.
1: Session? No, no, no. no that's a disservice. That's all? a disservice to the craft. Yeah, but because, I mean, you do like,
0: maybe take some liberties, right, and do some stuff. Maybe you wouldn't be do.
1: a little, yeah, be a little more jovial. Yeah, but even like to me. I don't believe, I don't know. I'm always a bit jovial in my performance. So, I wouldn't, it's it's hard for me to answer that question because, like for example, I noticed, the only thing that I kind of did differently was uh, the one time that I did play to like only you, I remember this. I actually did <laughs> play, I had like a bottle of wine, I had like two or three glasses of wine. Because yeah. I knew like, ain't nobody fucking here. I can drink a lot if I want to. And then actually, like, I'm pretty sure I ended up, like, three or four guys came in at one point. And I, uh, mm-hmm. they walked in when I was, I was doing a cover of, I'm pretty sure I was playing Breathe in the Air by Pink Floyd. And they were just like, okay. And then they, like, had their beer and then they, like, went on about their way. And yeah. I'm pretty sure those are the only people that I played <laughs> for that night other than you, man.
0: Yeah, I think, I, I think you're absolutely correct.
1: But uh, I don't. I love those moments. I do. Yeah. I can't speak for anybody else.
0: I mean, it kind of humbles you a little bit, right?
1: Yeah. It really, that's, yeah, that's really pretty much exactly what I was going to say. Because it makes me feel like when, when I play that show for like 100 plus people, when I play a real nice crap of people there's been a few, there's there's more often than not and that's the thing like with this band more often than not that is the case we are playing the full rooms mm-hmm. or at least more than half the capacity of the venue right I mean yeah homegrown the concert and venue, the more and a- the more that we've been playing like the bigger our shows have got like in terms of people so it's it's interesting like it, what's happening and it just makes me always think about those shows where we play like because it, it, it will forever it will forever make me grateful to be in the position to be able to entertain these hundreds these thousands of people hopefully and i just i don't know i i've always i've always had very 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 strange feelings about myself like like almost like I don't know, dude. It's almost like I've been here before. And I've, I've, I've seen, like, almost like somebody, somebody showed me, like, a glimpse into the future and be like, hey, this is what's gonna happen to you. Are you gonna be able to handle it? Stick along, like, hold on. Cause here comes the ride. And just when you thought the ride was never going to happen, the ride's about to happen and blow your fucking mind because you're not ready for it. That's a lie. But it's just like, it's, it's, I don't know, man. It's so weird. I've, I've been through so much within my personal life that I don't ever talk about with anybody, like, other than, like, my friends or my girlfriend or stuff like that. And I've, like, just, I've had a lot of emotional problems. I've had a lot of, like, moments of depression and self-doubt and really just not believing in myself which honestly is kind of like not at all what people would probably think of me because a lot of people have always told me that what they liked about me is that I'm just myself and I'm so carefree and I'm just whoever I am but but like there's a lot of the times also to where I do like question myself and that i don't feel as confident in my abilities as, as sometimes maybe i should like because for example like we'll play a show i cannot take a compliment at all we'll play a show and i'll like won't like this is a good show and i'm like no like, it's like I, I'm, I'll tell them things. Well, I mean, you. you're all, yeah, everybody's, yeah. It's great like is I'm the, yeah, the toughest critic, yeah. you know, yeah. exactly. But it's just, I don't know, man. Like life is. I really feel like ever since I moved out of Charleston, I feel like I have been so focused on what I really wanted to do with my life, and it's like I don't even. It's such a good feeling because it makes me feel like I'm doing what I'm like meant to do not doing something that i feel like that i should just do because that's what society wants me it's like i'm really following my fucking brain yeah. and that's just i don't know like because even if it doesn't work out like even if i don't get famous or like become a success like become a musician where i can live off of it you know like that's okay Because what I've been able to do with this band is really what I always wanted to do, which is just be in a band with people that really were dedicated and wanted to try and really give it a go and see. Let's why not? Like let's see if we can fucking make it. Like let's do it. Let's fucking do it. Let's not get stuck. Let's not get trapped in the local scene. Let's shoot for the fucking stars.
3: Sounds like you got
1: it. I, I I I. it, it it really does feel sure. like that way. I don't I don't like saying that like cuz it just I don't know, I don't want to seem like I'm fucking pompous or something like that. Right. But that's like like even my even my mother had said something. Like that's what really like that's what really made me realize like holy shit, like maybe this band is
4: cuz that was kind of my thing with that was the kind of thing with Dervah and like with Southern Insanity
1: and me like playing my own songs on the acoustic guitar.
4: My mom was almost like, "Oh, that's nice, but
1: <laughs> you should have a backup plan." Yeah. Almost.
4: But when she first when she first saw
1: the new band, it was she was it was like she was awestruck. Almost. And she was like, "Oh my goodness. Like, you're like you're like it's almost like you're like an actual rock star." Right? And she's pretty uh,
0: musical as well. I mean, she not at music, all. Or?
1: Nobody, nobody in my family is musical at all, okay. other than my brother. But I mean, not even appreciating music.
0: I mean, oh, no, talking about being a musician. Oh, but yeah, no, my mom loves music. I mean, did you grow up in the house with a lot of records playing and music playing? And yeah, no, well, not records,
1: like CDs, but a lot of, a lot of, a lot of the memories. I don't. um, My mom never really listened
4: to music at the house.
1: But she, um would always listen to music in the car. Always had like she had so many CDs. I remember she loved um, I remember being like seven and eight years old when Fallout Boy first came
3: out and like
1: that emo, the first email with my mom because my mom was a young mom. My mom was only like 27, 28 when those bands came out. So she was almost still kind of in that demographic and I she had Fallout Boy's first CD and she had, Panic at the Disco's CD and My Chemical Romance. And I remember listening to those bands and also really loving uh, country music. And my mom loved Kenny Chesney, Keith Urban, and uh, Tim McGraw, Faith Hill, kind of like late 90s, early 2000s, like party country, fun country.
0: We take you to the concerts? Yeah,
4: I saw... um,
1: The first concert I ever went to, you might actually know who these people are. Uh, It was at the House of Blues in Myrtle Beach, which, funnily enough, we might be playing there with Jackal, like opening up for Jackal sometime in the summer. So that would be very, it would just be very, very fucking funny, like for the first place i ever because i was a kid i was a little little kid i was like four years old four or five years old so i have like i don't have very very i don't remember the entire concert i remember bits and pieces of it like i remember that we when we got there we had to wait outside for like 45 minutes and it was pouring down rain and we were waiting out in the rain to get inside for the doors to open, and then we finally got in. And <coughs> that sounded like the in. last
0: concert I just went to <laughs> Breaking <laughs> Benjamin. I went up there and saw oh, really? the standing in the rain outside. Yesterday. Yeah, and so we, you haven't told me who the band was yet. Who at the House of Blues? Did you say who it was?
1: Oh no, I didn't. It wasn't really a band. It was a pop group. It was Aaron Carter. Oh, I
0: know And it was
1: that. the A teens You know who the A teens are? Yeah, I don't know they that. were a fucking. But Aaron Carter a- was
0: with the boy band, right?
1: That was his brother okay that was Nick Carter he was oh, in the Backstreet okay. Boys Thanks. but Aaron Carter Aaron Carter was the original Justin Bieber okay he was like a fucking 12 year old 13 year old pop star that like came out with a few albums in the late 90s and the early from about 99 to 2001 2002 Aaron Carter was on stop yeah. and he was like, he was top. He made a song with Shaquille O'Neal, bro. <laughs> it's called a "How I Beat Shaq." I at that up and to it on the way back. Yeah, man, to it's terrible. <laughs> it's very, it's very campy. It's very late nineties, early 2000s So, like, it'll it's definitely dated, but it was, it was fun at the time, and that was that was the first concert I remember. well I, that that was the first concert I ever went to. It was um. I don't really remember much about the concert. I remember certain spots of watching Aaron Carter perform like certain songs that I remember knowing at the time and I remember hearing them be like, Oh, I know this song. But I don't remember the entire concert. Mm-hmm. But it was it was fun from what I remember. Um other than that though, I do remember one time I was like six or seven, I went and saw an Elvis impersonator at the <laughs> the Performing Arts Center in North Charleston. And, uh, other than that, just went to, like, country concerts. Saw Kenny Chesney a couple times. I remember this show, uh, pretty <laughs> distinctly. This was when Kenny Chesney was, like, at the ro- at the height of his powers, like, 2003, 2004. And it was him, Gretchen Wilson, Keith Urban, and Uncle Cracker.
5: Ooh,
1: and it was, like, I was, like, that was a, that was a pretty fucking fun show. Yeah. But, uh other than that I haven't really been to a lot of
4: concerts. I've seen Hall & Oates. Yeah, saw, I saw them back right in
1: like 20 Yeah, I got them right there. I saw them in 2017. And they were fucking fantastic. Oh, I
0: bet they would be. Yeah.
1: I've seen Hootie a lot. I've seen yeah, Hootie about 3 or 4 times. Exa- exactly. I've yeah. seen Zach Brown Band, Zac Brown Band a few times. Yeah, they're, and they're uh pretty cool. John Mayer was with them. Weirdly, this was back in like 2012. So John Mayer came out and like played his guitar. So I saw him live. That was cool. Uh, seen Collective Soul from the 90s. Yeah, they opened up for Hootie and the Blowfish one time. Um, seen uh, Seen Michael Franti. Do You know who Michael Franti is? Yeah. Michael Franti is. A, he's kind of like. An, I don't even know how to describe his his music. It's like happy and fun, like I guess it's indie, but it's not indie. It came out in like the late two thousands, like two thousand eight to like two thousand thirteen. He was really popular.
3: Uh, any, he's got anybody familiar with it whatsoever.
1: You might know this song. But he's got a song um called Say Hey I Love You. And it got used a lot in like commercials and shit. It was like Say Hey,
4: I've been gone today. But I've been back from around the way. Seems that's, like everywhere I go.
1: And that's like a lot of people just know the chorus because it yeah. like got played in like commercials and shit a lot. Saw him at the music farm. And got to sing on stage with him one time. Mm-hmm. When that like when I saw him at yeah. the at, at the music farm. And that was really fucking fun. He put on a great show. So. Yeah, that's pretty um, much where I saw Hootie most of
3: the times was at the music farm.
1: Seen post Malone. Okay, I forgot about that. Before he was like big, Yeah. he played at the music bar back in 2016. Back when the uh, the only song he had out was uh that was like famous. He only had one famous song out then. It was White Iverson, and he opened with it and he closed with it. <laughs> really?
5: Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> like I've ever heard that before. I mean, I've yeah. seen some people
1: yeah. play. Yeah. Take a break and come
0: back, and it's a new crowd. They'll play the same song. Over yeah,
1: but he opened. He opened with the song and he closed with. it. Hmm. And uh, he was really. It was one of. It was one of the best shows I've ever been to. I bet. And man, I and I and, and, and I feel like it was because he wasn't famous yet. On that. Like. Because I've seen cert. I've seen concerts of him like since he's like blown up, and they've been kind of like I've watched videos of him on YouTube, and it's kind of shitty it's so a little like,
0: complacent right I mean yeah you know,
4: almost you it's
0: don't, weird you don't feel like you need that that fuel from the crowd anymore yeah you feel like you're too famous like, you yeah know, almost you're there for the paycheck get in yeah. and get out
1: yeah I can't get behind that no because the fans are the reason why you have that paycheck you know
0: right and that's you know I'm a big fan of the Foo Fighters I'm a huge fan of of um Sammy Hagar yeah um because I feel like he plays because he just loves
4: fucking playing music you know
0: He's not there for any other reason than to entertain.
4: Yeah, exactly. Reason. There's something, there's really something to be said about that. It's
1: a, it's a dying breed.
0: So. Case in point, I went and saw, he's got, a, you know, he's had many bands, uh, St. Hagar, and he had a band, or he still has a band called Chicken Foot. They're kind of on hi- hiatus right now, but they played uh, at the Hard Rock Casino in Vegas when I was stationed out there. night. Nice. Saw them, and then, like, three nights later, I went to... I want to say it was Mandalay Bay, and I saw Van Halen with the original lineup. Sucked. I mean, mm-hmm. Chickenfoot was hands down yeah. so much better than the Van Halen, just because they wanted to be there, and you could tell yeah. Van Halen was just they needed some money. You know, yeah, they needed to put shit. the original yeah. lineup together to get some to get some cash away, uh-huh. and in know. and out on time. You know, no extended sets or encores or anything. It was just, just Chickenfoot was there to
5: entertain.
1: Yeah, and that's then it was like it really that's that's what it's supposed to be. It's, yeah. it's, it's got to be. It's got to be about entertaining the fans and wanting to be there for the fans and feel like the fans can be connected with you while you're on
2: stage. Yeah.
1: You've got to break beyond that fourth wall. Really, got to let them in on the show. Let them be a part of the madness because if they are, it only further fuel the fire. Yeah. It's fantastic it's like it didn't it, it, and really like any I don't know anybody like anybody that says that they don't get off from the crowd as an entertainer they are in the wrong profession yeah for sure because like they should your 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 fans should fuel you your fans should always fuel you how long we've we been talking
0: uh, it's an hour and 30 I'm just looking at battery life and some different things I'm just trying to make sure we got enough time Oh, and battery and everything to to do a couple tunes if you want to do a couple tunes or something. Yeah, it's up to you. Or we can continue talking however you want to do.
1: Yeah, I'm down. Let's do. This is your show. I feel like I'm pretty much I I really really just wanted we really kind of stayed on the topic of the music. I was gonna plan on talking about some other stuff, but I really just got on with music. Yeah, we did kind so of stay much that, the, which is fine. Yeah. I love talking about music more than anything. But if you got something else but, you want to
0: talk about, we can do that or we can do some tunes, whatever you want to do, brother.
1: No, I might talk about some shit as I play music. <laughs> but let will save uh, that for the
0: next show. We'll do, we'll yeah, do a, a we'll have dial-in have do show a, next time, we'll to, a Zoom show. Hell yeah.
1: And we can bro. bullshit. Hell yeah, dude. We can just we can act stupid and wild and yeah, have I'm fun. I'm sure there's tons but we can uh, talk about for sure. Let me pee. i got to use the bathroom and I'll be right back. That. Tonight, well, hold on. I don't want to hear. You'll probably hear me peeing if I keep this microphone on, huh? Uh,
0: yeah, I don't have. <laughs> to do that. that would be cool, though, but. Yeah, I'll, uh. I'll talk to everybody while you're gone. It won't be long, I'll be gone for like 30 seconds. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So what's up, guys? It's been a while since I had a guest on here, so talking to, to Jordan Miller here. Uh, we've already discussed who he is and what he does. I mean, he's he's a musician. He does very well. He's been in uh, a few different bands, and it sounds like he's got his his head on the shoulders right, and he's, he's got in the band that he's really grooving with and doing some great things with, so I want you guys to check all that out. I'll put everything in the show notes, all the stuff we've talked about, uh, tag all the people that we've mentioned in, in the bands and... And uh, hopefully give you some uptight, uh, updates on some of the shows that are going on and what have you. But um, I think when he comes back in, we're going to play, or he's going to play. I'm not going to play shit. He'll play a couple tunes. And, uh, we'll wrap this thing up. Put a little bow on it, you know you know what I'm saying? Uh, these are the places you can check out uh, Jordan for right now. Uh, his Instagram here, Jordan underscore underscore Miller underscore underscore. underscore. You can read that. Um, but if you're listening to this, you're not going to read it. So, Jordan underscore, underscore, Miller underscore, underscore. Uh, the Facebook is just uh, the name there, Jordan Miller. So. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like I said.
1: What he said. <laughs> All right. So, we're going to, I guess we're going to do some jamming.
0: Yeah, man. What you got? You got the. Uh, Solo stuff or stuff from
1: the bands, or what do you think? Mm-hmm. Well, I damn sure ain't even playing no shit from the band. Fuck mm-hmm. those guys. Because I. guys suck. I. Don't play an instrument in the band.
0: Oh, that's true. I just have to sing. I'll
1: just sing. No, I just. Wow, oh, you, you got one
0: of those stickers I can get? Silver Tongue devil stickers?
1: Uh, yeah, I, they're, um, I don't have one on me. Oh, okay, well, But.
0: I'll get one next time I'm up this way.
1: Yeah, dude, we got t-shirts like that, too. I'll get you one of my stickers before I leave. Oh, yeah. I still got, hold on. You might have the old sticker I had. Oh, wait, no, that's the Wings Back sticker. Oh, uh, we don't care about fucking Joshua Jarman. Josh but. Jarman! <laughs>
0: You ever record anything with Josh, by the way? I know he did some stuff with some recording, like a studio setup. I did one time, Derp. Oh. Oh, did. Speaking of that, somebody had asked, uh, I think it was uh, Perth, uh, Perth
1: wanted to know if you had any, an album coming out or
3: anything, right?
4: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember.
1: I'm pretty sure he did say that. Uh, we've Perth got, um, talking about yeah, before. fucking Perth. I love Perth, man. I was in a band with Perth, too. Were you? Yeah, uh, the Happy Sandman project, which is he—he's yeah, still a yeah. part of.
0: I've never—I've never seen him with his band. I guess I've seen him play Happy, with other people all over the place.
1: What Happy, well, Happy, we what we were—we were in with Happy. Was almost the closest. Like, if Happy was a little less weird, they maybe could have done something. Yeah. The closest thing that. I could compare the Happy Sandman project when we were, like, because Brad and I were in it. I played bass. Brad was the drummer. Happy was happy. <laughs> Singer. And, uh...
3: Perth played slot. Perth
1: played slot. Yeah. And he did this beautiful, like, Robbie Krieger impersonation Of being able to just go... Wah, 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 and, like, really, and it made it... The way Happy sang to my... To the bass line and it just it it made it sound like some very weird like hipster door shit almost it was was very interesting but Happy was just Happy was happy and that's (laughs) like that's all I can say and it just like it just didn't work out but uh, uh, pretty sure Perth still is in that band and uh,
0: I've only seen it like I said with other bands like the Dan Riley.
3: yeah (laughs)
1: their own. <laughs> Sorry, I changed the strings yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> So these would be, uh. These are originals. Jordan Miller originals. Yeah. yeah. Really shitty. <laughs> so. <laughs> now I'm shy now, Brian. So. You don't have to give me. Uh, some. just you and me, man. I'll close my eyes. Nah, I'll just close mine. <laughs> I'm gonna light this duty, though. I'll hit it a couple times. Right. Before I do. I really want to thank you for having me on here, man. Hey,
0: yeah, I want to thank you, man. It's it's been like I said,
1: like we're five, gonna have to do this. We're gonna start. have to do this again sometime. Like have a, a a real like sit down.
0: Yeah, we'll do a a, a real conversation instead of just talking about music, which everybody wants to talk to you about music. I'm sure.
1: Well, I don't mind talking.
0: Right. But yeah, it really mean, like it's let's little, have because kind of I mean.
1: Yeah, because there's a lot of stuff, like, that I've, like, I mean, if I had enough time, I'd, I'd sit down and, like, talk to you about all these books and shit that I have, but I, I really wanted, like, make it a little bit more about the music to do yeah. kind of promotion for the band shit, which also reminds me, go like and follow my band's Facebook and Instagram page. At Silver Tongue Devils. That's the name of the band. Silver Tongue Devils. At Silver Tongue No, just at Silver Tongue Devils.
0: Oh, for uh, like Facebook Instagram.
3: Yeah, right? Facebook Instagram. Okay. Yeah.
1: I, I'll put that in the show notes.
0: Sweet. But yeah, I definitely will be coming back. I've had a great time these two weeks up here, man.
3: Really? I got some friends in Greenville.
0: It is though. really fun. Where'd you, you go?
1: would you go like on a Hartwell and shit?
0: I, I can't... I mean, literally, I walk 150 yards and right on the lake. Yeah. <laughs> lake Hartwell. Had a big bass fishing tournament there this past weekend. Oh,
1: really? The Bassmaster like Classic? Yeah, like the Super Bowl of bass fishing. Hell yeah, Island. man. I heard about that. Um, did, you go, did you go to the Chatuga River? No. We'll have to check that out. That's a
3: great place. Yeah, it's I got about. tons of stuff to do when I come back. I oh, yeah. It's yeah.
1: nice. Yeah. It's nice, but... We'll have a go. We'll play our songs. <laughs> Am I fine with this microphone right here? Is it going to affect anything in any way? You <sighs> should be all right, man. I mean, we could... Can yeah. I take it off? Yeah, let's
0: just take it off, and we'll set it up here on the uh, set it here on the table. And Hell yeah. Kind of in yeah. I mean, it's a c- condenser mic. It's going to pick up everything anyway, but... Oh, okay. i will to be too close to you. I'll tell you what. Like I said we were going to do, let me stop this recording and restart it. Okay, and we're back. Ready?
1: ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, what should I play <laughs> first? I do I'll play this. <laughs> you love playing this. I want to show you a trick. If you're ready? You're ready?
3: All right. All
0: right. The trick is. This ain't the trick. <laughs> no, I was going to say, that's a the great trick.
3: I love it. I love it. Get some of that
0: sweet, some tea. Of
3: sweet tea.
4: Right. <laughs> no, the trick is is that I'm going to play the same
1: song two times in a row. Okay. Okay. But what I'm going to do is that I'm going to do what the old bluesmen would do. Back in the 30s and the 40s, you play the same songs, same, same,
3: same chord progressions. You change the you change
4: rhythm
1: and you change the key. The key. Okay. It becomes okay. a completely different situation. do do that? I this like first it. song, this first song is a song I really, obviously. <laughs> obviously if I'm playing songs by me. Um, um, I don't really know. I guess, I I don't really know if it have a, how I ever explain my songs. They're just songs. And, like, they're, they are what they are. They can be about anything. There's not really a a set thing that I like to always write about. can always change. This one, I guess, is just kind of, I guess, about friendship. Losing friends. Getting played by a girl. A lot of my, I don't write a lot of songs about girls. Right? It's not about a girl in particular. It's
3: just kind of, about, it's kind of like a, a generalized thing. Story that you
1: know, about a boy and a girl almost. I don't, it doesn't have a title. I told you I really haven't been naming my, my song recently. So That's fine. Song number one. There also you go. We'll call it. <laughs>
2: It's your
0: First, Jordan, I ask people this all the time, and I get different answers. But the melody come first or the lyrics for you? You can go both ways.
1: Same chord. same chord okay completely different rhythm let me sing a different note i ripped off myself okay <laughs>
0: i can dig it So a couple questions on that. So uh, before we wrap up, because we are running out of uh, juice over here. But glad. so, which one of those did you come up with first?
3: The first one.
0: The first one. The first, yeah. Which one do you like more out of the two?
3: The second one. Okay. <laughs>
0: and did you do that on purpose? Yeah.
3: yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: I did. All right wanted to uh i wanted to show how easy it can be to write a song and then if you come up with it because that's something one thing i noticed like some people have told me that like your songs kind of sound the same and i've always said well they're supposed to because i wrote it <laughs> i'm like of course they're gonna sound the same but yeah but I mean, everybody
0: does, right? I mean, you hear Van Halen song, you know it's a Van Halen song. I mean... Exactly.
1: Yeah. Exactly. But, but that's how I've kind of always explained my songwriting. I kind of just do the same thing. Yeah.
0: I do remember that one. I think you played that one at Homegrown multiple times whenever you played up there, that second one. Yeah. And I would agree. I like the second one a little bit better than the first one. The tone of it was just a little better, I think. I don't know. The, yeah. the capo movement down, I just like the, the tone of that one better.
1: It did make itself it pretty. It, sound pretty. Yeah. it was
0: yeah. very nice. Well, what do you want to leave the, the audience with on your way out? What, what's a piece of advice from the A from piece from of advice Miller?
1: from Jordan Miller would be to think for your motherfucking self. You Stop listening to what is going on on social media. media. Go outside. Go outside. Read. Read. Read a fucking book. Read a book. <laughs> Write something. Draw something. Pick up an instrument. Get out in nature. Do anything other than... And that's, so, that's such a great irony for me to say that on a podcast that someone will be watching on their phone. But it's true. You gotta have balance. It's fine to be on your phone. It's fine to have social media. I have my phone, I have social media, but I still, as you can see, have all of this other stuff to balance my level out, and to always make creativity, and living in the the, the actual physical plane, being the important thing, because that is of course where we are in this moment, so we must never forget that.
0: Those are nice words. I like it. Well, thank you, Brian.
1: <laughs> I try,
0: and I've enjoyed it, man. I think I appreciate you, all, you know, bringing me into your home and being a guest. Hell yeah, in your house. Man. And, it's uh, been let great. Me set up and,
1: and take up a couple hours of your time, man. Indeed. It. Thanks for having me, man. It's fantastic. Uh, we we'll talk again next time about some wild shit.
2: Yes, we will. <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> all right, man.
0: Take Signing you, off. We'll talk to you soon, guys.
2: Indeed. Later.